What's going on, everybody? It's me, Sky Pamirchi. You remember me, right? You don't, because I had a different name when you last saw me and I haven't been here for a year. Yeah, let's talk about that real quick before we get into this year-end list proper. I promise to keep it brief. First of all, I was focusing on my academics. I sort of stepped away from Colorful Monsters this year to make sure I could finish up college and do well because recording podcasts and the energy and effort that went into doing that was really starting to affect the rest of the work I did. But I'll be graduating in 2019, so hopefully you'll be seeing more of me soon. There's some there's some plans that are in what could generously be called pre-production. Second, yeah, I, uh, I switched names near the start of this year, which again just underlines that I haven't been here for all of 2018. I'm Sky or Skylar now, and I'm using Ellis's last name because one, I want to obfuscate when we get married. You don't need to know that. And two, it sounds better with Sky. So for online entertainment purposes, I'm Sky Pamirchi. Nice to see you. Let's get into it. I've got so much to talk about. What a good year for music and nothing else. Very bad year, mostly very good for music. I'm so excited about just about everything on this list. And I actually, I started recording this and then stopped because I realized I wasn't happy with it yet. I went and tweaked it again. This is as hot and fresh as a list can be. Fresh from the presses, fresh out of the oven. Let's get into it. Number 10 is Violence by Parquet Courts. Did you know it's still possible to be righteously angry and also have a lot of fun? Because I didn't think you could do that anymore with how everything's, you know, blowing up daily, just exploding and falling apart constantly. Our lives are in shambles. But Parquet Courts is here to remind us that we can have a good time while we're having a very bad time. The groove in this song, y'all, you can't beat it. It's too good. It is too good. There's just nothing that comes close to how smooth and jazzy this song is. And it just keeps up that energy front to back, while also taking the time to be extremely angry about the socio-political issues we're facing today. I think a lot of people, myself included, spent a lot of this year just being furious. And it's music like this, music that says, I'm also furious, and I'm gonna help you have fun being furious. That's the kind of thing I needed, and I'm so glad it was given to me by a band who does it so well. I don't even wanna talk, I just wanna listen to this bass line, okay? Will you let me do that? Will you let me stop talking so I can go listen to this? God, so demanding. It's an incredibly fun song that keeps the energy up while letting you feel that pure, raw anger that's been coursing through your veins for the past probably two years. Let's keep it moving or we'll be here until I die. Number nine is In My Mouth by Black Dresses. If you want to talk about extreme and raw electronic music, look no further. This collaboration between Dizzy, formerly of Girls Rituals, and Rook 
is just wow. I have never heard anything this unapologetically in your face and powerful. The production on this album is immaculate, by which I mean it is exactly as much of a mess as it deserves to be. Everything is clipping and blown out, and it feels like you're listening to it just a little too loud, no matter what volume you have it at. That is such a neat little trick, it works so well, and it sounds so good in sounding so bad, <laughs> if that makes any sense. Plus, having lyrics written by trans people is I think something I just need more of in my life. Not everyone's going to connect to this the way that I did, and that's good. I like that. I could use some more of that in my life, maybe. This song doesn't really go too far into that. It's, I guess, technically a sex song, although it's also a song about being completely and totally obliterated, as far as I can tell. Which, yeah, I can get behind it. That's the kind of that's the kind of sex music I'm willing to listen to. The kind that's also about being removed from this earth. It's in your face and confrontational and fun and raucous and the music and production backs up every second of it. Number 8 on this list, Come See by Christine and the Queens. a little bit of a break from the intense hell music. Not a permanent one, it'll be back, I promise. But instead go to something that's actually light and dancey and whew, just a breath of fresh air, really, for me. I think I'm honestly having a hard time talking about this one. I don't listen to a lot of dance electronic, but I couldn't, I couldn't refuse this one. It is a song that is at least in part about unapologetically and insistently being yourself and connecting with people through doing that. All the while, it's a whole load of fun to just listen and bop along to. It's great! It's good! What else do you want from me? I'm trying my best! My review skill set is for talking about things made by people who arguably aren't making music, and this is inarguably just a huge amount of fun, almost a disco revival in places. I did not exactly feel like dancing very much of the time, but when I did, it was it was this, it was this, it was this. Now that's weird because I only found this album like a couple weeks ago. Kinda, kinda slept on it, so... So I guess that really emphasizes how little dancing I did this year. This song, the whole album that it's from, just grabbed me in this way I was not expecting. Then again, as a fan of LCD Sound System and St. Vincent's Mass Seduction from last year, I guess I kinda should've expected this. Dance music, so long as it's got an original enough approach and is just as beautifully skillful and effortlessly gorgeous as something like this, yeah, it can get its hooks in me just as well as any other genre. Number seven is Date Night by Father John Misty. Look, this, this song is it's well-written enough that I almost feel like Summarizing it, or 
trying to talk about it is kind of insulting, you'll probably have the best time just listening to it, but I'm going to do my best. Sarcasm is a difficult thing to do well in music. It can become grating really easily. I think Father John Misty has found pretty much the perfect balance. This song is a load of fun in how self-awarely unself-aware its subject character is. We follow someone trying to get someone else to go on a date with them in some of the most bumbling, unflattering, and just not romantic ways possible, backed up by some just great indie rock. Like, again, this is one of those songs where I feel like talking about it diminishes the experience a little bit. Just go listen to this. I didn't realize an ensemble of piano, acoustic guitar, bass, and drums could feel fresh, but it does. It does. Songs that are telling a joke do not have to be joke songs, and this is maybe one of the best examples I can think of for that. On an album that had a lot of blunt and difficult subject matter, this song was a much-needed relief. And it kind of was that for the rest of the music I was listening to, too. Number six is One That Suits Me by Hopalong. While we're on the subject of folk-influenced indie rock, here's Hopalong with a song that's basically kind of infuriating to me if I think about it for too long. The song's lyrics are a pretty direct satirization of the mean-spirited and self-centered reasons for global and international military conflict. So, uh, you know, just some light-hearted stuff for me to talk about on my year-end podcast where we're having lots of fun. The line that gives this song its title, Of course I am for peace, one that suits me, is just a naked and almost infuriatingly direct statement of a lot of logic that goes into these sorts of conflicts. Of course I want the world to be better, so long as I'm still on top. Oh, and just about everybody who's talked about this album and this band has mentioned Francis Quinlan's voice, and I'm here to tell you, they absolutely should! It's so good! She's so good at this! It's almost infuriating how good she is at singing. I'm very jealous. Her voice moves almost effortlessly between whispers and falsetto singing to belting and howling. She imbues so much emotion and passion into every word. It is so, so good. It feels almost criminal to have a song this good at position, what, six? Are we, are we sure I'm allowed to do year-end lists? Number five is Suck the Blood from My Wound by Ezra Furman. Between Father John Misty and Ezra Furman, there was no lack of good lyric writing this year. Oh my god. The album's eponymous transangelic exodus is as joyous as it is heartbreaking, as it is funny, as it is intense. And it is all 
of these things in this one song. At the same time, musically, Ezra Furman is riding this line between experimental and accessible that means just about anybody could have a good time listening to this, while it still makes every effort to go left when you think it's gonna go right. And yes, this is more righteously indignant and unapologetically queer music. I was in a bit of a mood this year, alright? Give me, me some, cut me, cut me some slack! A lot like parquet courts from earlier in this list, I'm always down for something that can sort of resonate with my constant anchor. Just, just endless, boundless quantities of rage. And also let me have a pretty fun time doing it. I'm going to be looking forward to everything Ezra Furman does from here on out. This is a statement of intent, and it is delivered beautifully. Number four is Samaritans by Idols. Ah, uh, okay, we, I, I, I just got done talking about how very transparently I was in a mood this year, and uh, number four on my list is a song about the constrictions of masculinity and wanting to be more unapologetically queer and effeminate and not have to put on masks to be someone you're not. And, uh, hmm, wonder why this one... <laughs> made it so far. This was the year I finally, finally, finally got on board with punk rock. That took way too long. And a lot of the bands I was listening to didn't release anything this year. Idols released their last album last year, and they decided to follow it up with an even better one this year. I don't think there's a genre better for what this song is about. The constant and intense demand to be things we aren't and to hide what we feel just to be considered men and, you know, that you have to be a man, followed by the exasperated reactions of those who can't take that kind of pressure to be who they aren't. It all blossoms beautifully in this intense classic punk package. And make no mistake, just because this song lets me feel a little righteously rebellious does not mean it made it here on those grounds alone. Idols is an exceptional band making exceptional music, and their album Joy is an Act of Resistance deserves your ears. Go, please, go, listen. Number three is Death Grips is Online by Death Grips. I spent a lot of time convinced that Death Grips just wasn't for me. This was the year they won me over 100%. I want to claim, knowing full well that I don't really know what I'm talking about, that this song acts as a revival of Electro. Now, I don't really know a thing about Electro. Maybe I'm totally wrong and somebody's going to walk in and slap me in the face for saying that, or maybe that's so blatantly obvious that saying it is just nonsense that no one needs to be putting out there. But one way or another, what I'm getting at is that nothing else sounds like Death Grips. And they keep making sure that nothing else sounds like Death Grips by pushing the envelope, changing up 
what they're doing, what genres they're even functioning in. I mean, for God's sake, I don't know if this song is an example off the top of my head, but songs on this album use samples of their previous songs, records scratched into oblivion. It's... I'm... what? This song and the album it's from are almost paradoxically less accessible than some stuff Death Grips has done in the past, and yet what I would recommend for getting into them. You get this wonderful blend of strangeness that sort of prepares you for exactly what's coming, while also giving you these little hooks and tethers into genres you can recognize. And I struggled over which song to put on this list, but it had to be the one I had the most fun with. I feel like even though their whole brand is sort of rough, edgy, almost DIY, aggressive, your mom hates this kind of stuff, Death Grips is at the end of the day a band about having fun in completely unconventional ways. And Death Grips is online just sort of totally encapsulates that feeling for me. Number two is Say Hello by Y Oak. This was a tough one. I mean, really tough. Not putting Y Oak on the list, mind you. God, no, that was real easy. And this was almost my number one, for the record. No, it was choosing which Y Oak song to use. The album that this is from, The Louder I Call, The Faster It Runs, has songs that have deep, personal meaning to me. I mean, there were songs on that album that I listened to on repeat when I was sort of kind of having a whole mental breakdown kind of thing. Don't worry about it, I'm fine. But at the end of the day, I'm a lover of music. And just, oh, please, can we just listen to this for a minute? This song is pure, bittersweet joy. I can't really tell you what it's about. Seems to be about a plane journey home, and like, what it's like being all over the world. I can't connect to that personally, not in the same way that I can connect to other things on this album. But musically? The feelings this invokes, that just sort of unrestrained bliss that's also just a little bit tainted by something. I may not know what the topic of this song is, but I know what feelings it's trying to convey. And it all comes together so perfectly. There are very few songs I can listen to on repeat for like, an entire 45 minute drive. This is one of them. This is a song I listened to over and over again and I never got tired of it. It is achingly beautiful. Absolutely gorgeous, absolutely wonderful. Thank you for blessing me in this way. I am not worthy. Before I tell you what I picked for number one, let's talk about some things that just did not quite make the cut. I promise this will be brief. Nine Inch Nails, an exceptional, exceptional album that just did not quite make it in the end. 
there was so much that was put out this year that, to be honest with you, I haven't listened to the song that I was going to put on this list for months. And I sort of realized if I was okay living without it, it didn't quite make the cut compared to everything else. Still, an exceptional, exceptional album that other people will probably connect to a little more than I did. Fucked up. This was a very, very late cut. I almost, almost had None of Your Business, Man, in Position 9. A really just wonderfully fun song. Raucous and boisterous and oh so fun. There wasn't any complicated anything that went into this. It just wasn't up to the other things I put on here in the end. Sophie and the songs off of her album Oil of Every Pearl's Uninsides. I think that's what it's called. I'm not gonna look. I'm gonna assume I got it right because I'm great. I absolutely loved face shopping, but at the end of the day, it was a choice between Sophie and black dresses, which is pretty funny for just how much those two things have in common. And at the end of the day, it was black dresses for me. That was the one that really got me. Carolyn Rose and her album Loner, whole lot of fun. I saw Carolyn Rose live and it just further cemented how much I loved how fun that album was, but the individual songs didn't really make the cut. David Byrne's American Utopia, an album I did not like, but Everybody's Coming to My House is it was, oh man, it was so close to being number 10 on this list. You have no idea how close it was. Parquet Courts beat it out ever so slightly. I'm still wondering if maybe I should have made that song my number 10. And last but not least, Gorilla Toss. Another band whose album I just absolutely love. Twisted Crystal is so, so good. So good. I could compare it to both No Wave and New Wave and those two genres are supposed to essentially be antithetical. So, you know, kinda really psyched about that. But again, the songs on their own just didn't quite hold up. Okay, that's everything. Everything except for number one. Let's get to it. Number one is The Reason They Hate Me by Daughters. I was doing so well, you know? I managed to keep so much of my hell music for broken people off of this list. Why Oak was almost my number one. But no, sometimes I need music that's just absolutely horrifying in the most glorious and bombastic way possible. Best as I can tell, The Reason They Hate Me is a song in which Alexis Marshall of Daughters gets really mad that anybody's ever criticized the band all the while creating some of the most in-your-face aggressive rock I've ever heard in my life. Every moment of this is sharp, aggressive, and almost punishingly intense, and yet at the same time it almost evokes a fun party song under all that filth. How do you do that? And how do you make guitars sound like that? I want to make guitars sound like that. A lot of songs on the album this is from, You Won't Get What You Want, are slow builds, dread and horror mounting as the song continues, plodding forward at this almost anxiety-inducing low speed. But it was the songs like this, where it just goes all out furious, that really make my day. 
Daughters is not a band that could ever be called easy to listen to, but they stepped it up by about 3000% and didn't stop having fun doing so. This is what I want experimental rock to sound like. This is what I want noise rock to sound like. It is ugly and noisy and abrasive in all the most wonderful ways possible. I recognize that this is basically the definition of not for everyone, but it is so much my thing that if I didn't put it at number one, I would be lying to myself, and by extension, to you. And that's a crime. There was music that connected to me on a personal level more than Daughters did, but nothing appealed to my desire for wild, almost impenetrable experimental music the same way Daughters did. I said earlier why Oak almost made position one, but if I'm being honest with myself, I didn't hesitate for a second picking this. The Reason They Hate Me is hands down my favorite song of the year. That's my list for 2018. It was a lot of fun putting it together. It was honestly very difficult putting it together. I'm still wondering if maybe there were some things I should have done differently, but I'm pretty happy with how it is right now. This won't be the last time you see me here in 2018. Colorful Monsters is gonna do their big year-end album list too. The one where we all fight and argue and scream at each other until eventually we narrow things down to a list of 25 albums that we as a group like best. It's gonna be a lot of fun, I promise. You won't hear the screaming anger parts. We've already done that. I'm Sky Pamirchi, and I hope to see you more in the new year. Is that a good sign-off? There's nobody else here to be disappointed in me, so how am I supposed to know?